You wanted the best. You've got the best podcast. The hottest, hottest. podcast in the world. In the world. The Chris Voss Show, the preeminent podcast with guests so smart you may experience serious brain bleed. Get ready, get ready. Strap yourself in. Keep your hands, arms, and legs inside the vehicle at all times because you're about to go on a monster education roller coaster with your brain. Now, here's your host, Chris Voss. Hi, folks. This is Voss here from thechrisvossshow.com, thechrisvossshow.com. Hey, we're coming here with another great podcast. We certainly appreciate you guys tuning in. We always appreciate you tuning in. There's never a time that we don't. So thanks for being here. Be sure to refer the show to your friends, neighbors, relatives. Go to thecvpn.com. You can see online podcasts there. If you're listening to some of our other siloed podcasts on certain topics, like book author podcasts, you'll probably hear this over there as well. Refer your friends, neighbors, relatives, thechrisvossshow.com you want to see the video version of this interview you can go to youtube.com forward slash chris voss hit that bell notification uh, you can also find me on goodreads under chris voss for uh, book reviews and you can also go to shop or i'm sorry amazon forward slash shop forward slash chris voss and you can see all the books of all the wonderful authors brilliant people that have been on the chris voss show or all their books just use that credit card max it out you know plenty of covid reading today we have a, a guest i'm really excited to have on because we have a lot of serious uh kind of doomsday political stuff on lately not to discount it but uh it's been it's been pretty serious lately and so now we have a wonderful, exciting author. She's the author of a multitude of books, uh, and this book is going to be a fun discussion. Her book is Sex with Presidents, The Ins and Outs of Love and Lust in the White House. Uh, her name is Eleanor Herman, and she's with us today. She is the New York Times bestselling author of Sex with Kings, Sex with the Queen, and several other works of popular history. She's hosted Lost Worlds for the History Channel, The Madness of Henry VIII for the National Geographic Channel, and two seasons of America, Fact versus Fiction for the American Heroes Channel. She lives in McLean, Virginia, with her husband and rescue dog, and four, according to her, very annoying cats. How are you doing, Eleanor? Welcome to the show. I'm great, Chris. I'm so excited to be on. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to have you. It's nice to talk about something other than just like politics. Although technically, I guess we're still talking about politics. So give us your plugs where people can look you up on the interwebs, please. Oh, well, um, my website is eleanorherman.com. And there's a really hilarious video that I had put together on my new book, Sex with Presidents. So click on video. And it's only about two minutes long. And listen to the very end with your sound up. Okay, there you go. I'm not sure what that's going to be, but sex with presidents is it, are we uh, talking audio or something? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, the uh, you get to hear JFK now. Uh, so uh, give us why the reason you wrote this book, if you would, please. Well, uh, years ago, uh, my first book actually was called Sex with Kings, and it looked at the uh, the lives of royal European mistresses. And I followed that up with uh, Sex with the Queen, and it looked at European queens and their lovers. And I've always been very Eurocentric, interested in palaces and royalty and, and all of that. But with everything happening with uh, President Trump and all of the sexual assault allegations, and, and I mean, it is known that, that he cheated on all three of his wives, I thought maybe it's time now to do sex with presidents and look at the history of uh, sexual infidelity 
among our leaders, how it's changed over time, and what the most interesting stories were. And I'd heard a lot of rumors and and stuff about different presidents that we'll get into, but uh, wow, you had some eye-opening stuff in the book. Uh, So uh, give us an overview of the book, what's inside and all the details you put into it. Well, it starts in the 1790s when we were a very young nation, and um, the first uh, political sex scandal was not a president, uh, but it was actually um, Alexander Hamilton, who was the first uh, secretary of the U.S. Treasury and had an affair with a blackmailing prostitute. Uh, And from there, it goes to uh, Thomas Jefferson, who had a 30-year relationship with Sally Hemings, his enslaved woman, um, up through Grover Cleveland in the 1880s, he had raped a woman and impregnated her, up through um, characters that you you would be more familiar with, like Franklin Roosevelt and JFK um, and Clinton and and Trump. Well, let's get right down the dirty. What's the most salacious stuff? (laughs) Okay, so there was a lot. Um, I I think the most disgusting stories are are in the JFK chapter because that guy was just pathological in his need for sex. Uh, Several times a day with strange women, he would drive the Secret Service crazy uh, when his his wife Jackie was was not there. These women would just show up and say the president is uh, waiting for me and he wasn't he, he didn't want to wait to have them vetted. You know, there were knives up in the kitchen in, in the, uh, the, the residence. And, and the, the creepiest detail about this is that he would have sex with these women, not on his own bed, because there's both a, a president's and first lady's bedroom in the White House residence. He would take them into his wife's bed, do it there, right? And then uh, he, he wouldn't even have the sheets changed. He would have his staff and the Secret Service oh. pick hairs and bobby pins off of these dirty, used, sex-stained sheets. And so his wife would come home to this. And one time, there's a very funny story, she, she goes to bed, puts her arm under the pillow, and comes up with a pair of women's panties, oh. dangles them from her finger and says, would you please shop these around? They're not my size. <laughs> There's another great when he was entertaining women in the evening, he would tell the (laughs) staff, don't come up to the residence. Right. So there was this electrician who was going to change a light bulb and he pressed the wrong floor and the the elevator doors opened in the residence. And he said he wrote he saw this young blonde woman running completely naked, breast swinging towards him with JFK behind her. And he kept quick trying to push the close the door button to get out of there. <laughs> you know, I, that, the, that blew my mind when I, when I took a look at the book, because I was, you know, we, I, you know, we'd always heard the rumors of JFK and, and them and then Madeline Monroe. Did you, did you get into any of the Madeline Monroe stuff or is there anything? Sure. There? Yeah. They, they had an affair and it actually ended um, after the night of his birthday uh, at Madison wow. Square Garden, where she was singing happy birthday, Mr. President in, in that, um, that skin tight gown. And apparently it was just so obvious to everybody that the, they were just oozing sex, right? It was like yeah. in the year that he realized it was becoming too obvious. And so he, he dumped her. But wow. what was more alarming, you know, he had yeah. affairs with socialites and divorcees and his employees in the White House. But there was one particularly tragic story where there was a 19-year-old uh, intern 
who was working in the White House press office, and and he invited her up to see the uh, the residence, you know, where they lived. Uh, and you know, she just had stars in her eyes, and he pushed her down on Jackie's bed, of course, and had sex with her. And she she said she she wouldn't exactly call it rape, but she was so shocked she like froze. You know, she didn't cry out. Um, and on her way home that night in a cab, she was sort of sad and and thought, "Gee, I'm not going to be a virgin on my wedding night." So, you know, he. He he was really a, a lousy human being in some respects, as far as I'm concerned. There's a real, I'm not sure what the psychological word is, but when you're having sex with women on your wife's bed, you're trying to send her a message too. Like, I don't know if it's narcissism or some kind of weird sadomasochist message of uh, an F you or I yeah, don't know. Yeah. Psychologically, there's something really twisted and nasty. Yeah, that's really like when you're that overt where, yeah, I mean, and, and what's amazing is like Jackie O was a beautiful woman. Right. I mean, Jackie Kennedy at the time, I should yeah. say. But, I mean, she's a beautiful woman. Like, I, I wouldn't cheat on her. She seemed nice. Um, but uh, it, it, going through your book, uh, well, so let me ask you this. Uh, did Bobby have sex with uh, Marilyn, too? Yes, apparently um, when uh, Jack Kennedy um, dumped her, he asked Bobby to please comfort uh, her because he didn't want a scandal, you know, wow. distract her. And that so Bobby, com- Bobby comforted her very well indeed. So she felt, you know, she transferred her, her affections uh. from uh, JFK to Bobby. And then Bobby had to dump her too. Apparently the, the mafia, J. Edgar Hoover, discovered or at least said he discovered that the mafia had recordings of them mm-hmm. in bed and so it was best just to uh to dump her and then shortly after that she died killed herself whatever do you have yeah. a theory on that yourself or anything in the book um about maybe mob hit uh you know? there are some odd things um mm-hmm. and uh, you know bobby there are some stories that Bobby was in the neighborhood when that happened. Nobody exactly mm. knows where Bobby was. Um, and she apparently was discovered dead with a White House phone number in her, her dead yeah. hand. Yeah. And by the time she went to the coroner's whoop, that's gone. And all of her phone records um, were taken from the local phone company. So there was no proof as to who she was talking to. Really? Yeah. I mean, it, it could have been that they didn't kill her, but she was still calling the white house and they didn't want it to get out. I, I don't really know. It's a great mystery. Wow. So is it possible that Jackie maybe had JFK killed? Cause you no, know, I revenge. So. revenge. I don't know, man. I think she would have liked to have killed. I made some women her. angry in my time, and yeah, yeah, they've told me that they would like to kill me. So, and I can't blame them. I wasn't the greatest. Um, so, this is pretty interesting. You get into all the sordid history. I, I believe, you know, my my history of being an American is most times we've always assumed that, you know, these guys are pretty old and decrepit in their old age, and they shouldn't be that virile, especially in the pre uh, uh, Viagra days. Oh, that was the other question I was going to ask you. Kennedy had a bad back. He yeah. always needed that special chair. Was that really the reason he had a bad back? <laughs> was because he was so busy? So there were two reasons that Kennedy had a really bad back. I mean, sometimes he was so debilitated. He was on crutches. He, yeah. he, he would bring like a rocking chair to dinner parties uh, that he went to because it just hurt to sit in a regular chair. Um, one reason was that he had something called Addison's disease, which yeah. really it's like to kind of destroys the, the backbone. And then the other thing was he, he had been a, a hero during World War II when he was a, a PT um, naval captain and it got hit by a 
um, by the Japanese. And that really even messed up his back even more. But the result was that he was a very lazy lover and he expected the women to do Uh all the work, I guess you would say. And the actress Angie Dickinson once reportedly said that um, Jack Kennedy was uh, was the best 60 seconds of her life. Oh, oh, several of his women reported that he was just the worst lover ever. Wow. And he was young. He was only in his early 40s when he was president. So do you find that uh, there's a correlation between ultimate power, narcissism? I mean, most most everyone who runs for president is some kind of narcissist. In a, oh, they'd have to be. How, a certain way. What normal person would think that, you know, you could run the whole country, yeah. right? That's the one thing I've learned in my study, especially of like religious leaders. There's, and I, and I know because I'm a man, there's three things that, that are the, the triad of men, money, power, and sex. And there's nothing that drives a man more insane if if he has money and power, but he can't have unregulated sex. And if he's got, you know, a wife of 10 or 20 years and she's not interested in him anymore, then he's got a serious problem on his hands. Um, and uh, that's what you see when you always catch some, you know, Jerry Falwell sitting in the corner. <laughs> Jerry Falwell Jr. sitting right. in the corner. So um, let's uh, – so you've, you found that's pretty much a narrative of stuff. Who who of all the presidents had the most was having the most sex? Sounds like it was JFK, maybe. It was JFK, and then I guess a close second would be Warren Harding, and wow. he was um, president uh, in 1920. Mm-hmm. And he, there was you know he was a he was a good looking man even when he got portly and gray in his 50s he was handsome he had these chiseled Roman features. But there was something about him. I don't know if it was pheromones he was exuding, but women ran after this guy like like howling cats in heat, right? Like all types of women, teenage girls, opera singers, wealthy socialites. They were banging on his door saying, please have sex with me. And he almost always obliged them. Now, the wow. problem with Warren Harding is that he, he loved to write these 50-page pornographic love letters, right? And so these women had them. And when he became the nominee and then president, you know, they would say, you need to pay me a lot of money if, if you don't want me to go Ooh. to the press with these, with these love letters. And so um, a group of wealthy donors for the Republican National Committee would buy them. And they spent an awful lot of money doing that. And so he felt that he had to reward these donors by giving them cabinet positions huh. once he became president. And then they robbed the country blind and there were a lot of, of scandals, even though he wow. didn't know about it. But it, t- it totally ruined his, uh, his legacy. If we put a if we put a female in the office, are we not going to have these problems, or what do you think? You know, Chris, I really doubt it. I work so hard <laughs> to find a sex scandal with a female uh, national leader, and and when you look at the ones that spring to mind, I mean, Margaret Thatcher, right? Golda Meir, Indira Gandhi, um, Angela Merkel. I, there's not a whisper of a rumor uh, about any of these women, you know, having having love affairs. I remember the look that Angela Merkel gave George Bush when he rubbed her shoulders, kind of suggestively. It was pretty, it's pretty <laughs> off. It was like, I'm like, dude, you just crossed the line, man. You just like. Why did she let him know as, as well? She should have. There's a very funny uh, Warren Harding story. So he was bringing these women into the White House and his wife, Florence, was older than he was and extremely. 
extremely jealous, you know, like she was just watching him every minute. Most of the wives like Jackie Kennedy, like they knew what was going on and they would just leave as often as possible or, you know, pretend not to notice. But Florence Harding was like, where's Warren? You know, so she heard one day from her Secret Service agent that Warren had a girl in the Oval Office. So she runs down there and she's banging on the door and his Secret Service agent, who knows very well what he's doing in the Oval Office, is, oh, you can't go in this door. You got to go in the other door, you know, through the secretary's office. So she runs around. While she's doing that, the Secret Service agent calls in, hey, Mr. President, your wife's on the way. So they spirit the girl outside to a waiting car. He pulls up his pants. By the time Florence gets into the Oval Office, he's sitting quietly at at his desk perusing some papers. (laughs) I think we need to pay the uh, Secret Service a lot more because they're taking more bullets than, uh, and uh, they're like the ultimate paid wingman at this point, really. And they're pick- they're picking that. hairs off of sheets, so yeah, oh. I agree. Uh, right now, they're picking up diapers out of Trump's office. So, is <laughs> I guess the next big question we need to ask is: Is uh, Trump getting any from? Uh, hold on, I had this joke set up earlier. Is Trump getting any from Mayor Giuliani? How much sex are the two of them having? <laughs> well. I- I don't know about that, but I do think in terms of um, in terms of women, I, I just think with the stress and the White House, certainly in the early days, was leaking like a sieve. And I just, I, I don't know that he's in the physical condition. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that would be my suspicion. And we need to work on that because uh, we no, need to get that heart uh, some activity. He's having those mini strokes. I mean, worst case scenario. Anyway, um, so basically what you're saying is Melania ain't had nothing that. <laughs> who, who knows, right? It's just my, my opinion looking at All this. Right. Yeah. Uh, was George Bush junior and senior where they both chased? They both seem like pretty religious dudes. And Well, um, senior uh, had an affair oh, uh, really? with a secretary of 20 years named Jennifer. My Grandma Bush. Barbara? No way. Yeah, and it really saddened Barbara. Jennifer Fitzgerald, yeah, uh, was his secretary. And they were very close and they traveled around together before he became, um, even before he became vice president. Um, And they would stay together often in the same room, which made their hosts uncomfortable because everybody loved Barbara. So apparently he did have that one relationship. Wow. And then... Did George Clinton have anything more uh, in office? I know previous he was he was partying there and uh, well, Bill membership. Clinton, you mean? Yeah, uh, yeah, Bill Clinton. Did he have a uh, more, more than just uh, Monica Lewinsky or in office? Well, certainly, yeah, certainly beforehand yeah. he did. And and the story is that when he first became president, he behaved himself because you know he just knew the public eye was on him and things can leak and. Um, and then when he had this cute flirtatious intern, which was what, 1995, I think, when she started there, um, he just couldn't help himself anymore. It had been three years, and, and uh, that's how that relationship developed. But I, I think other than that, he probably uh, did his best to behave himself. Yeah. I think the grossest thing I ever heard was that Lyndon Johnson was sexually active in the White House. Oh, yes, he most certainly was. According to uh, the stories, he had had six uh, presidential secretaries and he was having sex with four of them. Now, there's a very funny story where one day Lady Bird, who had accepted her husband's philandering and loved him uh, despite that, walks into the Oval Office and there is her husband, Lyndon, 
having sex on a sofa with one of the secretaries. Oh my and God. Lady Bird being Lady Bird, very sweet and genteel, is like, oh, I'm sorry. And she backed out. Well, Lyndon was still humiliated and very upset. So he had a buzzer system installed. So <laughs> that next time Lady Bird was rounding the corner to go into the Oval Office, the Secret Service would buzz him and give him enough time to pull up his pants, sit at his desk, the secretary pull up her pantyhose and sit there next to him pretending to take dictation, sort of doing a Warren Harding. I had heard that and I looked at Lyndon Johnson and I'm like, that's just gross. Anyone to have sex with you? Kind of like Donald. Anyone would have sex with him when you see Oh, Johnson was a gorgeous young man. He was really? really oh, when he was young? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he was with black yeah. hair and white skin and black yeah. eyes. And he was very tall, like six foot four and very personable. He just sort of turned into a bulldog as he aged. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he, was, he didn't age well. Uh, what about Nixon? That's the last person I'll bug you about. Nixon. Nixon. Okay. So um, he had an affair uh, in the <laughs> yeah, late 50s, early 60s with a Hong, oh. Hong Kong cocktail waitress of Chinese descent. Um, and it, it got attention at the FBI because, you know, as a cocktail uh, hostess, she wasn't a waitress, you know, she, she was earning like little more than minimum wage. And it turns out she owned property in China and her best friend's father was a red Chinese general. And so there were some suspicions that she had been a, um, that she was a spy planted in that uh, lounge to try to get close to powerful American men. Mm. Yeah. This probably explains why he was trying to, you know, make peace with China. <laughs> he did also have that one young lady uh, who was the, um, she'd married a rich guy, he'd passed away, I forget her name, and uh, she actually was a liaison when he was trying to keep the Vietnam War peace talks from, um, the Johnson was trying to wrap up with the peace talks, he was trying to keep them going because he wanted to settle the war when he became president, if you remember that story. No, I don't remember that story. But uh, evidently she didn't. But, uh, yeah, this is pretty interesting. Eleanor Roosevelt, was she she was rumored to be a lesbian. Um, Yes, I I think think it's clear that she was. She she never really enjoyed um, sex with FDR. mm -hmm. Um, And when she found out that he had been having an affair with Lucy Mercer, her social secretary, she just stopped sleeping with him altogether. Um, and after um, several years, uh, she she started to have a, an affair with a woman named Lorena Hickok, called Hick, who was a very talented uh, Associated Press reporter covering the campaign wow. uh, in uh, 1932. That's one hell of a scoop. <laughs> right? Yeah, she ended up moving into the, the White House. Yeah. And it was a funny thing because, you know, the White House staff is there from one uh, administration to the next. Some of them were there for 30 years, and I've read the, the books they've, they've written about their experiences uh, in there. Um, but they said that it, it, this was really odd that uh, FDR had a long-term, a 20-year relationship with his secretary named Missy Lehand, and she lived in the White House. And she, she would come down at all hours of the night in her nightgown to take dictation, they said. But often she was not holding her steno pad and, and pencil. Uh, and then um, Lorena Hickok um, would spend the night in on the day bed in the first lady's room. So they're like, this is really confusing. We've never seen anything quite like this. All right. So we covered lesbians. What about, was there any gay sex that went on in the presidential suite? Um, there was a gay 
president, but I, I think his relationship was over by the time he became president. Oh. It was James Buchanan, and oh. he was the president in the late 1850s that just made such a mess of things that Abraham Lincoln came in and the Civil War started, right? Um, and he had had a 13-year love affair um, with a man named William Rufus King, who had been vice president in 1853, Mm-hmm. Uh, and he actually died in office. He wasn't vice president very long. But the two of them were well known as a couple in D.C. social and political circles. They were called Mrs. Mr. and Mrs. Buchanan um, and uh, Miss Nancy and Aunt Fancy. So those were terms used to denote uh, gay men at the time. And neither it's, one of them ever married. It's extraordinary how much you you, you, know, you talk about how the Secret Service is just playing wingman and and dodgeball and I mean, can you, I can just imagine the conversations these guys must have amongst themselves over coffee. Right. Yeah. You know, we had to do we'll last probably night. Never hear about. You know, yeah. we had to do last night. You won't believe what <laughs> they were having last night. Oh my God. Um, the, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's astounding. So who, who, which president was the best in bed and which was the worst? Okay. So worst would be JFK because of the back, mm. probably Trump because, well, the only reference we have is uh, Stormy Daniels, the adult film star, oh, yeah. wrote, her, wrote her autobiography, of course, and she describes their one night yeah. stand and it, it lasted like two minutes and she said, it's probably the, uh, the least impressive sex I ever had. And she, she's probably had sex with thousands and thousands yeah. of men. So that's really saying something. And yeah. I detail all of, you know, what it was like to be in bed with the various men on the video on my website, which is why oh, I think wow. it's so funny. I have quotes there and, and everything. I think the best in bed would have been Warren Harding because the way he writes about sex with these women, I mean, it's, it's practically orgasmic just reading the stuff. I mean, he, he was just, it was the most beautiful pornographic writing. It was just like poetry. Right? This is calling writing for Playboy. Does, did, in any of these cases, did you, did you look at him and go, I mean, it sounds like you saw some disturbing um, uh, similarities between how they presided as presidents and the things that they did and how effective they maybe were or weren't based upon how much sex they were having. Um, you know, I don't know that that's necessarily true. I, th- I think history has judged JFK to be a, a good president. So right? maybe we should be having presidents, you know, getting it off. I, I don't know that it plays a role. You know, so like, there are basically two different kinds of stories. One, one is just like the sick, twisted stuff like JFK with the women in his wife's bed. Certainly allegations of sexual assault are totally yucky and creepy. You know, that goes for uh, Bill Clinton and Donald Trump. Um, but then there are really beautiful love stories. Oh. Um, for instance, um, Franklin Roosevelt and Lucy Mercer, the one he'd had an affair with in 1916, um, and, and really wanted to divorce Eleanor to to marry her. Oh wow! But she she was they stayed uh, close um, until the, literally the day he died. She was with him secretly um, when he had his fatal stroke in April of 1945. And Did she give him a fatal stroke? No, because there were other people in the room when he when he had it. Um, and then there's a really beautiful tragic story of um, Dwight Eisenhower and his driver and aide, who was a very lovely woman named Kay Summersby in her 30s. Um, when he was the supreme commander in Europe trying to you know, stop Adolf Hitler. Um, and, and that was just a, a beautiful and sad 
love story. Um, it was sad because by the time they finally tried to consummate their love, and this is you know, two years into working 16-hour days, right? He he couldn't. He had erectile dysfunction. Oh, wow. Um, and it, it just, you know, they tried again a few months later. And then I think he realized that he, he couldn't divorce his wife, Mimi, and marry this this um, vital young woman that, you know, she needed somebody uh, who could satisfy her sexually. And so he, he, in a cowardly way, dumped her and it haunted her the rest of um, her life. But th- there are some really beautiful love stories. It's not all like really gross and disgusting. Nice. At least there's some love in there. And, and uh, you know, I used to, you, you read the letters Churchill used to write and you know, I think to his wife or girlfriend and, and uh, you know, he was really in love with her. And his wife, like, yeah. Oh, as, as far as yeah. I, I've heard, like he never, um, he, he never had an affair. He just adored his yeah. wife. Yeah. Yeah. And he wrote he wrote these be- most beautiful letters. I, I remember one time that she was on a ship somewhere, and he kind of got the impression maybe she was having an affair on him. And but yeah, the, the the love letters and stuff. You know, it's an interesting thing. We have to realize that presidents, I guess, are human too. So they have the same sort of urges and everything. We're just kind of like, well, you have to give up all that fun stuff. So if you want to be president. But it is interesting now that we've entered this era where, geez, you look at how the whole country was just aghast. Bill Clinton had sex in the office with an intern. Now we've got this guy. And, uh, you know, it's a wonder we don't have uh, spirit rhinos being run out of the West Wing. (laughs) You know, things have changed, right? Um, And and my book looks at that. So the one thing um, that's really huge to change was the press's coverage of uh, political sex scandals. So in the 1790s, when Alexander Hamilton had his affair, up through about 1900, um, journalists were very muckraking. You know, they would cover like just the most disgusting, salacious details. So all of his um, story came out in the press. Thomas Jefferson's relationship with Sally Hemings out in the press. Grover Cleveland raping poor Maria Halpin out in the press. Um, and then, starting around 1900, journalism became a, a profession rather than a trade. And um, the National Press Club was formed. There was there were standards of acceptable journalism. And from like 1900 uh, up until Watergate, the press just did not report on this stuff. And they all knew about Kennedy and all of his women and Roosevelt and his girlfriend, everybody knew about this, but it was not uh, reported. And at Watergate sort of blew the top off the whole thing. Then yeah. all the stories started, pardon the pun, the, all the stories started coming out about uh, JFK and um, Roosevelt, all these stories started coming out. So, so that's one thing that really changed. The, the guy who really didn't understand that um, journalism had changed was Gary Hart who in 1987, right, had an affair with uh, a young woman named Donna Rice, and he felt it was nobody's business. And they caught him, and he was just very high-handed and holier than thou, and he he ended up having to drop out of the race. What what polls showed was that Americans didn't care if he had sex with a blonde model, but they didn't want to be lied to, right? So then Clinton comes along, and he lies about uh, Monica Lewinsky. And, but then there's this kind of sexual McCarthyism where he gets impeached, not for the sex, but for the for the lying, right? And most Americans are like, you know what? 
we've all done something sexual we shouldn't have at one time or another, and we all lie about it. And who cares, right? This is a political witch hunt. And oddly enough, Clinton's popularity, the week of his, the final week of his impeachment process was the highest ever in office. It was 73%. Think about that. I mean, Trump hasn't gotten much above 40, right? 73%. So people didn't care, which is a good thing for Donald Trump. I mean, even evangelicals these days don't care. So I think that uh, to American voters, policy has always mattered more than a politician's sex lives. You know, are you going to raise my taxes? Uh, Am I going to have a job? Are my kids going to have a brighter future? These are the things that uh, American voters care about. They always have. But at this point, I I think it's more clear than ever. Yeah. And there was John Edwards, the John Edwards extramarital affair, which is pretty bad because I think his, didn't his wife have cancer? Oh, she was really sick with breast cancer. Yeah, that was, that's what really made that messed up. Yeah. yeah. Well, but also that he impregnated his girlfriend yeah. who was single, right? So <laughs> she is with his big belly. And then, then he gets uh, an aide, a friend of his to say, I'm the father. That's well, right. this guy was married and had two or three kids, you know, and it, it was just lies after lies. And I, My advice for future politicians would be, you know, if anyone comes around and says, look, you know, we we know you had this relationship or whatever, just just admit it. Like, yes, I owe an apology to my wife. I owe an apology to the American people. I didn't live up to my own high standards. If Donald Trump had done that when the Stormy Daniels, you know, he was afraid Stormy Daniels was going to go to the press shortly before the election and the Playboy Playmate of the Year, Susan uh, McDougall, if he had just... You know, let it let the chips fall where they may admit it if he needed to. I think it would have been far preferable than lying and paying these women off. And and there's still legal issues going forward. There's still court cases. Right. Just tell the truth. Yeah, I I think Anthony Weiner tried it. But the problem he did is he went back and did it more. (laughs) Oh, Anthony Weiner. I mean, yeah. Maybe that's how we... With a minor, right? He was like Instagramming pictures of his genitals to some 16-year-old or something. He ended up in jail. You get caught once. Like, come on, man. People will forgive you once if you go up with tears in your eyes and you beg forgiveness. But, you know, the second time, nah. So what was the most important thing you learned from your book or what what really stood out for you? Yeah, so my... So I thought that Americans, you know, we had this streak of prudery, and I think it's from our pilgrim ancestry 400 years ago. Somehow that's just kind of stayed with us when you compare us to like France and Italy and and other countries. And I think there is more squawking, has always been more squawking if a political sex scandal comes out, like, ooh, how could he do that? But still people vote on on the issues. That that really surprised me. I thought, so in 1884, when Grover Cleveland was running and everything came out in the press, he'd raped this woman 10 years earlier, impregnated her, threw her in a, an insane asylum so people wouldn't believe her story. Anyway, and then her story came out because she was, she was counterattacking in the press and everybody in the country knew this story. He didn't even deny it, right? And so he still won the presidential election. This was at the height of the Victorian era, right? Because people knew that he was not financially corrupt. He was going to reduce taxes. He was going to put uh, crooked politicians in jail. And that's really all they cared about. They didn't care about this poor woman. I think we need to have more women in office. I've been a 
big support of that, especially since 2018 when I looked at the whole dais of all the idiots that are in uh, Congress, and I'm like, there's way too many men here. No wonder we have so many problems and wars. And so uh, in the, in uh, 2018, I was really promoting voting all women across the ticket, especially in Nevada where I lived, and, and we actually voted in largest amount of women into the legislature there of I think of any legislature ever and they're doing great work I don't know if there's any affairs going on but they're doing great work and so it seems like you know they're busy doing work um but yeah I think I think we need I think we need more women in office I I do too and um in my research I found because I I read some books on the psychology of of politicians you know and most men go into politics to be somebody it's about ego like look at me um, whereas most women go into politics to help somebody. So they, they start running because they want better schools for their children or they want um, you know, safer gun control laws or, or something like that. It's not, it's not as much an ego-driven phenomenon when women enter politics. Yeah, I, I, can, I can see that because I'm a guy. I know how the whole brain up there works. And, and like I say, it's the triad of, 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 of the thing. Most people, when they go into politics, they don't really get in for the money except once you get to the higher levels. Right. So really it's about power. And then those two always equate to sex. There's nothing worse than a man can do. And you see that in religious things all the time where they get power and they can't go have sex. And then one day we wake up and it's like, what? He's on a thing with a, with a guy in meth. And <laughs> I thought you hated people. <laughs> um, and uh, so it's, it's interesting to me. Um, the, uh, what, are, what are some other aspects of your book that you want people to know? Um, so my, my last chapter looks at um, political sex scandals in other countries. Mm. Right. Um, England is, has been a bit more conservative, I think, you know, cause we're, there's a similar culture to, to ours, certainly the same language. Whereas you know, the French and the Italians, they, they just don't care. As a matter of fact, it's the reverse. They think that, um, when, uh, a politician, a male politician is having lots of love affairs, it means he's virile and he's healthy and he'll be a really strong, energetic, uh, leader. Mm-hmm. Um, my, the funniest story that I found in my research was uh, about the president of France in 1899, and his name was Felix Farr. He was in his 50s, and he was having uh, an affair with a 27-year-old socialite named Marguerite Steinheil, and she would come into the presidential office once a week to help him uh, write his memoirs, and they locked the door. <laughs> Well, apparently he had a fatal heart attack during a sex act and his hands locked into rigid fists in her hair and she couldn't get them out. And so she had to scream and the guards knocked down the door and they had to cut her hair like really short to get and as the presidential palace descended into uh, into chaos and the first lady was was running towards them, uh, Marguerite grabbed her clothes and, and ran out the door. Uh, with a very unattractive new haircut. Unfortunately, she left her corset on the floor, which the first uh, lady found. Uh, But anyway, as far as I know, (laughs) President Farr was the only world leader who came and went at the same time. Oh, wow. (laughs) We need a little drum kick there. Um, This sounds like a fun book to read, man. You get all the palace intrigue and the... The dirt and details and sex. This could make a great movie, maybe. I don't know. Well, uh, we're already discussing TV rights with two different, uh, two different groups. But 
Look, you, you know, I think in this life you can either laugh or cry. I, I choose to laugh, and I always mm-hmm. look for the humor in a situation, and I try to write with a great deal of, of wit. Uh, a lot of my readers say they just burst out laughing on, on every page. And so, yeah, I do really try to make it fun. And I think it's pretty interesting. I mean, there's so much of it you cover in the book. And yet we think most of our presidents are so chaste or like you'll have like. Why would you think that? Yeah, we we, we have people that are like, our president is like Jesus. And you're like, no. Oh, you mean with Donald Trump? There's something else going on there. I'm not quite sure if it's hypnotism. Have you ever seen the videos of him and Rudy Giuliani where Giuliani's dressed in drag? I saw the beginning of one, but I had to turn it off. There you go. Uh, anything more we need to know about uh, you and your book before we go? Um, well, I, I would recommend the entire Sex With series, Sex With Kings, Sex With the Queen, Sex With Presidents. I wrote one book. I wanted to call it Sex With the Pope, but they wouldn't let me, so I ended up calling it Mistress of the Vatican. It's, what? It's about a long-term affair of a pope in, in the 1600s. Um, and, yeah, it's all really fun and entertaining, and um, you will find yourself educated uh, without going through a lot of boring, slogging stuff. I do that in my research. Some of it's pretty dull. Um, and it's just a load of fun. So I, I hope um, that your viewers will, will check out some of my books and, and laugh with me about all these funny people in history. I think it's hilarious and it's great. And you got a wonderful, wonderful other set of books too as well that you've written about. Uh, a lot of palace intrigue. If you love palace intrigue, you like romance, you, you find out all this, all this stuff about the, about the presidents. Wow. Okay. But you know, there's really very little, I mean, we, I look at sexual relationships. There's very yeah. little yeah. sex in the books. I'm just, I'm fascinated with, with people. Like why do they make the decisions often like bad decisions that they do? Why do they think it's a good, why did Bill Clinton think it was a good idea to do that with Monica Lewinsky? There's so many questions and I just, I try to try to get in there and and understand people. And perhaps at the end of the day, it'll help me understand my own life a little bit better. Is it kind of like rock stars? You know how women are really attracted to rock stars and throw themselves at rock stars? Oh yeah. Power is is the ultimate aphrodisiac, right? Um, you know, Henry Kissinger, who was really not a, a, um, a classically uh, attractive man, was very powerful in the 60s and 70s. And he had the most beautiful uh, Hollywood starlets on his arm all what? the time. It's not because of his looks, right? Yeah, I would say. <laughs> Plus, his, his gait of talking and rah, 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 rah was like, I mean, I don't see him picking up chicks at the bar, really, with that. Sort of smoothness. I guess you got power. <laughs> Note to self: Run for office. Screw Tinder. Uh, anyway. That's great. Yes, yes. That should. Be. You should tweet that. I need to enhance my. I need to enhance my love life. I'm gonna run for office. Uh, so there you go. Well, guys, check it out. Sex with presidents: the ins and outs of love and lust in the White House uh, with Eleanor Herman. Uh, Eleanor, uh, give us your plugs again so people can find you on the interwebs. Okay, www.eleanorherman.com. There you go. Check it out, guys. Also, uh, see uh, our coverage of books uh, that have been on the show. You can go to Amazon.com, forward slash shop, forward slash Chris Voss. Hey, you haven't shown the title, have you? Oh, show the book. Oh, yeah, yeah, look. And we'll it's jam got it into the video of, edit. It's got there all go. kinds of pictures uh, in it of uh, the different uh, presidents 
and they're, uh, they're you see this it, can you see um lyndon johnson was oh in, wow he was um, kind of good looking right um, yeah it's got it's not my type but <laughs> tons of tons of fabulous this is warren harding by the way oh yeah he's kind of good looking he's got the yeah, dark was, eyebrows yeah yeah so anyway check it out Check it out, order it up, and uh, also you can go to thecvpn.com for your friends and relatives. You can see the video version of this at youtube.com for just Chris Voss. Order the book. Sounds like a lot of fun and a hoot, especially with what's going on these days. I mean, lighten up your 2020, and it will be out on, on hardcover uh, September 22nd of 2020. You can, of course, get all the different variations as well, so you can pre-order it and uh, get available then. Thanks for tuning in, guys, and we'll see you guys next time. Thanks, Chris. Thank you.